why did we take Caden? Where where did we take Caden today? Papa Dolls. Why? Because he was sick. Yeah. And they made them. And they made us. And they made us. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> did they actually make us go there again? Well, they tell they said yeah when we call, when mummy called the hospital and said, Caden. His heart's beating fast and he's breathing fast. They said, we really, 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 really think you should come bring Caden here so we can look at him and see if he's okay. So they didn't make us, but they they kind of said that we really should. They were nice. They were nice. Yeah, they were very nice. But... Kane was a little sick. Yeah, I don't. I think he's just a little sick. Yeah, I think he's a. He'll be okay. He's better today now. Remember, we said he had a fever yesterday. Do you remember what that means? Yeah. What does that mean? And I'm even a little bit more sick. You're a little more sick than Caden. You think? I mean, I'm in a little bit less sick. Yeah, you're a little less sick. Cause I'm like all the way down here. Oh yeah, and where is Caden? Um. He's a little higher up. April 14th is going to be a quick one. Tanya's sleeping. Um, we missed an episode last night because Caden took a turn for the worse yesterday in the evening as he was going to sleep. We noticed his heart rate and breathing uh, rate were much faster than he normally breathes at. And... Um, and so we decided we would check in with sick kids. They have an on-call person that you can check in with if you're worried. Um, when you have a complex child like Hayden who has a trach and is invented at night. He, um, so last night we were worried about that. Tanya did a lot of great research um, and on uh, on some of the Facebook groups that she's part of uh, with other families that have children like Caden and other special needs kids and learn that high heart rate can often be associated with dehydration. So one easy thing to do is give more fluids. So we started giving more fluids and, um, and we saw a drop in his heart rate almost immediately, but it wasn't down to the level it wasn't, it was certainly not down to his baseline level. Sorry, I should back up. Two nights ago, he had a, f a slight fever. Yesterday, he maintained that fever and it crept up ever so slightly. Uh, the good news is today, he has no fever now. He started off the day with a bit of a fever. Um, we did decide to go to sick kids. We did bring him into sick kids this morning. Tanya was with him all day there in an isolation room because of COVID. They're, um, they're basically treating anyone with most symptoms uh, like his um, as potentially being COVID. They did every test under the sun for him, including swabs for COVID. We don't have the results of those yet, but the good news, I think, regardless of all of that, is he spent the day on his vent um, and his, uh, his fever is gone as of I think the last time Tanya was aware early, slightly earlier today, she she came home about an hour ago, um, and and he 
seemed his heart rate and breathing rates were both down slightly elevated but mostly back to normal um and so the so it it seems like he's he's turning a corner most likely we will get him we'll bring him home tomorrow um but we'll probably yeah we'll update you on that when it happens the um yeah a few you know the the so when we called in yesterday last night the thing that um i think is worth talking about for me that i want to i'm talking about here so i can struggle with some of the ideas that are floating around in my head about why we push back when a doctor says we need to go into the hospital or anyone says that for that matter for Caden and so last night when we called to ask for advice they asked about his symptoms and they said well you know if he's that far off baseline um we should you should bring him in here and uh and we should check him out we should assess, we need to see him and assess him ourselves and so they were recommending that we uh, this was probably i think we called sometime around this time yesterday so it would have been like 10 o'clock or 10 15 yesterday and they wanted us to pack him up drive to sick kids now avery would have been asleep at that time and so obviously wake him up or figure out someone who could come over here and watch Avery while we were driving, you know, Caden over, because two of us have to be in the car to drive Caden down to the hospital. Um, yeah, it would have been a mess. So we said no. We we held our ground, and they more or less the doctor we were talking to understood that this was a good reason to not come in right away, but come in in the morning, which is what we did. But it's. Still, there were, uh, and I'm sure this is going to be something Tanya wants to talk about in more detail um, a little later, that the, that there's always a negative aspect of going to a hospital. And in on one hand, you do get all the tests and all the equipment and expertise of lots of really talented doctors. But the system that's in place is very laser focused on meeting their end goals which is diagnosing and uh, treating a patient's primary medical need and as much as everyone talks about now where we should be in Canada patient family centered care no one really wants to think about what that would what impact something like tearing a family out of bed at night traveling down rushing to pack to travel down to a hospital to have testing done overnight missing nights of missing a night of sleep for probably both you know tanya myself and avery perhaps i don't know um without thinking about those things and and valuing them and uh in in any reasonable way sometimes it, it feels like um and and once you're there, you just there are just all of these rules that they get to decide how everything goes, and there's v usually very little leeway in terms of um, of how how um, how these things can go. Um, 
And uh, yeah, this is something Tanya is always frustrated by whenever she has to take Caden or be with Caden following one of these visits or during one of these visits. And like the, the thing that was frustrating to her today was that they put Caden in an isolation room and the way she described it, it was glass on one side, um, but the nurse who is watching him couldn't actually hear Caden's breathing sounds. For Caden, who has trouble swallowing, he can't swallow, it means that the saliva in his mouth will, he'll create saliva in his mouth that will run down his throat. Part of it will likely end up in his airway and he will start to breathe it in a sort of, it will, it will be in his uh, trachea, so in, in his airway. And we regularly listen for that. We, we can hear his breathing change in sound. There's, it sounds, how we describe it, we say it's his breathing sounds wet, which means there's saliva in his airway, and you can hear kind of a rough <laughs> sound in there that, that when you hear this sort of sound in there, you can go in and suction, it, suction the saliva out. And that keeps him breathing makes it much easier for him to breathe when there's that obstruction there. And and the primary way you do that is you assess that is by listening for it. But the nurses at, in based on the isol in the isolation room that Caden is in, there is no way for the nurses watching him to hear him and therefore not know when he needs a suction short of him um having such an obstructed airway that his oxygen saturation starts to drop. So they do have these monitors on him and they have a video camera on him which can see him but um, but they can't hear him and it just seems like yes they he's his life is not at risk I don't think although they tell us you know when we brought Caden home they told us you're supposed to have 24 seven eyes on care for someone like Caden. When you have a trached child, they primarily can pull out their trach at any given time, so you have to be watching for that, uh, or they can cough up uh, what they call a mucus plug. So when mucus from his airway gets dry, if it gets dried out and doesn't get suctioned out in time, it will begin to harden into like clumps basically that will obstruct the trach and sometimes you can have one of these hardened areas or, or tough uh, mucus what they call mucus plug in one section that 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 can um, kind of move up into the trach suddenly and that will block that that can block and plug the trach um, and it's something that can happen very suddenly and so you kind of have to more or less be listening or watching a child 24-7 with a, a child with a trach. You have to be watching. And it seemed as though the system there at SickKids just doesn't really account for that. They would, I guess, hear an alarm going off, the, sa the oxygen saturation alarm going off uh, when, his, when the trach had plugged and his oxygen saturation because he couldn't breathe his oxygen saturation would start to drop to a level at which um, 
they would they would um, the alarm would go off and they would hear the alarm and respond to the alarm and figure out hopefully quickly enough that his uh, his airway was blocked Tanya's suggestion well, she and I kind of suggested, well, what if we brought one of our baby monitors just set up next to him? There's audio on the little handheld monitor. We could set that at the nursing station. We can have the camera next to him and listening to his breathing so that we have, you know, you know they have an audio feed that they can listen to. And it sounded like, to me, the nurse didn't, um, didn't feel that was a good idea did not feel that she would make use of it if it was there. So we decided to back down from that. But um, but it's those kinds of things that there are systems in place and people will, it seems like in institutions, people will go out of their way to justify the reason or just give you a reason or give you a good reason why something is the way it is and and sort of toe the party line on these sort of things when they're what you really want to hear someone say in those situations is yes i hear your concern i wish we could do something about that our system isn't set up that way and if you want to bring in a baby monitor sure we can have it at the nursing station I can't guarantee that all the nurses would use it or listen, be listening to it, but if you feel more comfortable with that, we'd be happy to uh, put it in place. But you never get that. Well, you sometimes you get that response, but very rarely you get a response like that, um, even when there are reasonable concerns that are brought up because everyone feels like the care at a hospital is perfect or something and they have to justify or i don't know they I, I, anything less than perfect means they're they're doing something wrong and i don't think that's what we're saying we're just saying that there are special cases special kids maybe maybe for 99 percent of kids or patients that they deal with the video monitor and the alarms that they have are sufficient but for very special kids, that might not be sufficient. And whether the kids like Caden were taken into account when they came up with their rules is the question. So so that's where we're at today anyways. The good news, I think, is Caden's coming through it. Um, in retrospect, what we should have done is pushed to have him come home after the testing was done. And, and once he started to turn the corner, we should have planned to bring him home and not spend, not have him spend the night at the hospital. What are you going to do? That's just the way these things go sometimes. So, yeah, I think I think he's in reasonable hands this evening, and uh, and we look forward to bringing him home tomorrow. Yeah, hope you have a good night. Bye.